L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Welcome to Strictly Business. Variety's weekly podcast featuring conversations with industry leaders about the business of media and entertainment. I'm Cynthia Littleton, co-editor-in-chief of Variety. Today, my guest is Jeff Stotland. Jeff is executive vice president of Global Studios for Hudson Pacific. Hudson Pacific is a real estate investment trust that is very focused on the content business. Hudson Pacific owns three very busy studio lots in Hollywood, Sunset Gower, Sunset Las Palmas, and Sunset Bronson. They're building another studio north of Burbank, and they also just bought Quixote Studios, another provider of sound stages and services. The company has a partnership with private equity giant Blackstone and has more building plans all around the world, including in the UK. Jeff is a former Disney strategy executive who worked in the parks, experiences, and products division, helping manage the studio's real estate, among other properties. He joined Hudson Pacific last year. Here, Jeff talks me through all the questions I have about the business of renting sound stages and production space. I found it enlightening and interesting, and I hope you will too. That's all coming up after the break. L-A-S-I-K LASIK.com Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K LASIK.com AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. 
Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. And we're back with Hudson Pacific's Jeff Stotland. Jeff, thank you so much for inviting me here to the beautiful Sunset Las Palmas lot in the heart of Hollywood. My pleasure, thank you, for, thank you for having me. Well, the impetus for me reaching out to you to talk to you about the business of managing st- studio space, creative space, soundstage space, is uh, the impetus was that Hudson Pacific has bought Quixote Studios, which is a big, big studio soundstage operator in Los Angeles, and having this, having started that conversation, I've learned so much more about Hudson Pacific and how you have very strategically acquired an, a lot of, of soundstage space, creative production office space, so much so that pretty much anybody shooting a major project in town is doing business with Hudson Pacific. So Jeff, why don't you start by kind of setting setting the table for us in terms of Hudson Pacific and it's specifically its studio and soundstage business, which I know is also not just in Los Angeles. Yeah, Um, so we have in LA, we have um, Sunset Studios, which is three different studios right now. There's Sunset Gower, Sunset Las Palmas, and Sunset Bronson. Um, The Netflix headquarters, uh, which is a building that we built, is also on Sunset Bronson. Right in that nexus of these great lots. Exactly. Right, right. And they're all very close to each other. Right. Um, There's about 35 stages, about a million square feet of office. Um, It's unique in the sense that on Sunset Bronson um, and Gower, there are corporate offices there. So you'll see, in addition to sound stages in the traditional studio lot, there's also you know, big sort of commercial class A office spaces, which is pretty unique. You don't see that on all lots. So um, we own 
uh, we've owned those assets for roughly 10 years, acquired them you know, along the way. So not all 10 years ago, but sort of over the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I joined about 18 months ago. And then in that last 18 months, we've added um, some other companies, uh, including Coyote, and uh, they have another 26 stages. Uh, and then in addition to that, we're building a studio called Sunset Glen Oaks which is uh, in Sun Valley. It's about 15 minutes north of Burbank. So mm -hmm. that'll take the Sunset portfolio to 42 stages with associated like office space and production support, mills and um, you know, all the sorts of associated space you would need on a studio lot. Uh, and, then, and then we also own, you know, formerly the Star Wagons business, which is all the trailers that you'd see on lots, mm -hmm. all the cast trailers and makeup and wardrobe. Uh, a company called Zio, which also is a similar type of a business, um, and that's called Zio Studio Services. And then recently, we just bought Coyote, mm -hmm. which has a collection of different businesses. Really, one of which is Stages. And then a they lot also, of services. Then there, they have a which lot of services terrific. as well. Yeah. So that's sort of the um, what we have in LA. On the production services side, we also have um, a business in Albuquerque, uh, in New Orleans in New York and in Atlanta. Mm. So in sort of the, some other markets in LA. Well. And all real production hubs. Yeah, Lots exactly. Going I on mean, there. we're really, yeah. And, and we're really focused on major production hubs, which I would say from a tier one perspective, you know, LA certainly is the home. And that, that I think we have really strong conviction of not only being strong today, but strong for, you know, the next hundred years with the infrastructure talent, both on screen and, you know, behind the camera, it's really just hard to build that in any market. But, you know, LA, London's a market where we're building a, a giant studio. We can come back to that, I guess, but mm -hmm. we're building a giant studio there. Um, New York, uh, you know, um, Vancouver's another big market. Sure. Atlanta's another big market. We really stick to those. And then places like Albuquerque, New Orleans, you know, Toronto, those are really interesting markets for us that, you know, we can talk about our strategy for thinking about those markets, mm -hmm. but really for purpose-built studio lots, we really are focusing on those kind of those tier one markets of LA, London, you know, New York, Vancouver, um, Toronto, Atlanta. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing that with so much demand and everybody always searching for a stage, you've got a, a waiting list a mile long for how, how, are you, how do you manage the demand? Well, so it's interesting. The mo there's there's two basic types of models, and, and we have both on our existing lots. One is these long-term leases. So what, what you saw, what we've seen, like, and this is really a recent development over the last, say, four years, where the studios like a Netflix, for example, for instance, um, they would come in and do long-term leases where they would take multiple stages over a long-term period of time, five years, 10 years, you know, whatever it is. But it... And the other model is really show by show. And that's the traditional model, which is you and I want to go produce a show um, and we need stages and it gets greenlit. And so you go do all the stuff. You get, a, you get the stages, you get the services, and that's it. That's show by show. And if our show gets picked up, we renew that lease, hopefully, if those stages are available and you kind of go from there. It's a more transient model. Mm -hmm. That's the way the industry generally works. Right. The recent phenomenon of the last, like, kind of, I don't know, four or five years maybe, Studios started to get worried about, um, you know, with the proliferation of content that we're going to get boxed out of getting access to stages. Right. So, you know, with a pile of cash, they said, listen, let's 
let's lock that up of the supply stages. So we're not, you know, without that um, key ingredient to go make the content. And so that's what you saw. So on our lots, um, we have a mix of long-term leases and then also show by show. So if you're in a long-term lease model, managing demand isn't, you know, when you go back to it, mm -hmm. it isn't really an issue because you already have that, that, that client locked up for a period of time. But for most of the industry, that's not the case. For most studio lots, it's show by show. And so for that, you are managing demand. And that's a pretty interesting one because in the ideal world, if you had perfect visibility into how all that demand was gonna materialize, right. you'd be able to say, oh, well, show A comes to me and says, hey, we really need stages. And you know, you know, here are the, the lease rates for those stages and here are the services that, you know, that, that they'll need as well. You say, oh, well, that's that's one option. And then there's a whole nother series of people that need the same stages, maybe. Mm -hmm. And let's compare and contrast and let's sort of go with the best or highest bidder. But like in reality, it never really look, works out like that. In, in reality, somebody comes to, you know, um, lease your, your stages. There's first of all, you want to help them. And, and you want to maintain a long term relationship. So you never really want to say no to anybody. Right. Which means the bird in the hand is always better, generally what is what kind of happens. So theoretically, you can manage demand, but like in reality, you're, you just don't want those stages to go empty. And no matter who runs the business of studios, you don't want stages to go empty. So you're always inclined to take, you know, whoever sort of comes in first. And you also want to maintain that good relationship with them because the next time when they have to produce something, you want them to call. And if you have this reputation of saying no, then they're just gonna stop calling. Right. So, yeah. Do you ever get into a, a situation, because I know now, especially, it is so it is so competitive and so hard to, it's, just, it's, a, it's a literal land rush that, that people, even before they have 100%, 150% of their green light, they're looking for stages. Yeah. Does that become an issue? Do people try to reserve things that they don't, then can't, can't actually, you yeah. know, aren't gonna actually need? Yeah, I mean it's a really it's a really it's a really good question. Um, there is that that concept of reserving stages. Um, different studio lots have different policies. Some stu some st studio lots will hold for a deposit, <laughs> yeah. and others won't. Most don't. Mm -hmm. But it happens all the time where people are calling around, and you, as an owner and operator of studios are also assessing the likelihood that that person's actually gonna book, right? Okay. And do you, you know, do you honor that hold? Well, it depends on your relationship. So these aren't like commoditized types of transaction where it's like, you know, going in and buying milk at a grocery store right. where it's the same thing every time. Right, stage A, stage B, stage C, yeah. right. Even the, 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 you know, we were talking about this earlier, even sort of the, the physical layout of stages are all different what people's needs are different, right. their ability to make a decision and the timing is a little bit different. So I think that um, you, you kind of manage demand based on um, you know, assessing the likelihood that somebody actually needs the stage now and they're willing to do it. And if they can't, then you probably go to the next person who needs it. And in this market, usually there are other people, but um, that won't always be the case. So you always have this incentive to really try to help somebody out because mm -hmm. you want them to come back. Mm -hmm. And talking about your business models, I can see from a business perspective, you probably like having a few long-term people, but you like like a restaurateur, you can turn the tables 
Yeah. And so you can turn your tables over and bring in new people. And, you know, do you, would you say, not asking you dollars and cents, but would you say that your rates, do, do they vary depending on the client needs? Or is it kind of a, do you have like a, here's a tier one, here's a tier two, and do they stay steady or do, do they go up and down depending on the demand curve? We don't change rates by client. Like we, there, there are, and by the way, having a market, it, market rates are, are tough to come by because it's such an opaque industry. Like the industry is not, the, the information is not transparent. It's mm -hmm. not readily available. Mm -hmm. So, and things are bundled. So it's hard to even know what other studios are charging because it's, it's bundled between stages and services. Right. So market is a elusive concept, market rates for stages. That said, we don't really charge different rates depending on the client. Um, and you do kind of want both like having long term is great because if, if the demand dissipates right and you're heading into a market where there's not as many people having that certainty of somebody paying you right. to cover fixed costs is, is super helpful in a market where it's up and to the right where there's a lot of demand and it, it exceeds supply you don't want to be locked into long-term leases because you want to quote unquote mark to market which means right. If you know six months from now, if rates are rising because demand far right. outstrips supply, you want to be able to charge that. But if you have a long-term lease, you can't do that. You can't quote unquote mark to market. So you'll just have different scenarios and different investors, different owners of lots, depending on who they are, have a different perspective on that exact dynamic. If you're generally a real estate owner, they like to lock in long-term rates and they're they're maybe maybe more willing to sacrifice upside in the interest of de-risking um but there's a lot of upside economically in a market that's frothy to go market to market so you're giving up a lot and it's really just managing risk at that point and you know i i like to us to have both and and the, and the reality is the way the industry works is most of the business is show by show Mm -hmm. So even if you and I sat here and said, hey, we want a completely long-term business, <laughs> right. the only way you'd really do it is to discount it so heavily to get that person in there that it just wouldn't be economically viable. So the reality is as you scale this business, you have more stages, more studios in different markets, most of the business will be show by show, some will be long-term, but you know, long-term leases are tough because you're asking a studio to make a long-term financial commitment and they don't necessarily want to lock into these because they're not sure what their needs are going to be. Right, and they don't know what the, the what, what who's going to be on or off their own lots. And I, I remember exactly. early on thinking, well, every you know every Warner Brothers show would have to be shot at Warner Brothers. It's one of those it's one of those funny things. Let me ask you the totally wonky question. But do you it, when you're when you are doing a deal with a with somebody who's going to take a stage, is it our deal terms? Is it done by square foot? Is it done by T the amount of time that they'll be on the stage. I'm totally just curious. Great question. <laughs> um, it's not done by square foot. It's done by the total price to occupy that stage. So um, you might have, let's say two stages, 20,000 square feet each, 40,000 square feet, plus you know another 10, 15,000 square feet of production support office. You might have some other type of office. You might have a mill space. Mm -hmm. The whole thing will be a bakery agreement of you'll pay X amount of dollars a month for that whole service. So it's not really teased apart. Mm -hmm. it's, it's sort of bundled into this one thing. Services, 
that's a whole different situation. There are different business models as to whether those are bundled or they're sort of charged as separate unbundled services, more a la carte. That model really does vary, but the investor or the real estate from a evaluation perspective after the fact does look at sort of dollars per square feet, but the clients themselves, when you structure these lease agreements, they don't look at it like that. It's just one number. And then you as somebody who's used to like leasing stages and producing stuff, you'll just know, oh, this is more than I typically am used to paying or less, but the, the total number is what you'll be aware of, what you'll know, and that's your basis of comparison. And that's how we do it. Mm -hmm. As investors, we also look at it as a yield per square foot as just more of like a key performance indicator. Mm -hmm. So kind of both happen for different purposes. Mm -hmm. Is that? I'm guessing there must be people, counterparts at studios and the sizable production companies that have expertise in doing that. Probably in the physical production, but oh, in, terms yeah. of, in, in terms of taking stages and... and yeah, yeah, that's an, yeah. So um, there's there's really a couple different types of people. You have physical production executives at every studio, and they're in charge with, you know, really the you know once the slate is is sort of set at a studio to figure out what they're going to produce, that whole uh, organization that function goes out and figures out all the logistics around you know. Um, purchasing all the access to the services that they're going to need to produce that slate. And so that, that really is a production planning function at the various studios it's called physical production or whatever. Now, if you're doing a long-term lease, those are typically corporate real estate executives. Mm. So they would work in partnership in each studio because of their various organizational structures it might change, but generally it probably has changed it because has changed. every studio has changed every job and everybody's title in the last 24 months. Well, it's a great point. And so that's another challenge with getting long term leases done. It's a much more complex sale where you're navigating eight different you know, functions or, you know, a lot of different people to get something like that done. Whereas when you're doing it show by show, you're not really dealing with like a bunch of different factions. It's right. generally a physical production person who's going to sort of do that. Um, so it's a completely different challenge from a sales perspective to do long-term leases, not so much in just terms of appetite, but navigating that is, it's a skill. Mm -hmm. Do you ever deal directly with showrunners? Do you ever yeah. see showrunners coming in and, and I'm sure they got to scope out, you know, what what they need and what. Yeah, showrunners, uh, you know, showrunners, line producers, but showrunners in general have really particular preferences a lot of time with where they want to produce. They've had, and you know, some of it is because of the logistics and the ease of which they shoot. And, you know, we love to think of ourselves as, you know, our sunset brand is important because it's a little like the hospitality industry where it ultimately stands for something. And what does it stand for? Hopefully ease of service. You come here, all your needs are met. You know, it's, it's just, you know, it doesn't take you forever to get on the lot and to park like, like any hospitality business. There's a hundred little things that we try to think about to make it easier. So some of those showrunners have a preference based on that. But some of, the, some of those showrunners, in addition to that, or aside from that, there's just a certain like luck factor, like, oh, the last show I made, <laughs> right. at Las Palmas did really, really well. So like, I'm definitely going back to Las Palmas. And I, I think you find that in a lot of businesses yeah. where it's like, hey, I occupied this office at, you know, this address on San Vicente and like, I'm definitely starting my next business there because I just have good karma there. So I think there's both. 
what you know whatever it takes it's interesting do you ever get into um do you ever have like landlord issues where show x has promised they're going to be out of their stage because show y is coming in in a week <laughs> do you ever have to <laughs> kick anybody to the curb <laughs> we try not to it really doesn't it really doesn't happen like that it generally no so the answer is generally not um and the tenants that we're dealing with, we, we call them clients and on purpose. They're not tenants to us. They're really clients and right. they're people that- For all the reasons that you- For all you the believe. reasons that we just talked yeah. about. Um, they generally uh, are, you know, they, they do this for a living. They don't want to be paying their crews and, you know, for longer than they have to. Um, and aside from the fact that True. it's True. generally not an issue with them getting out, um, they have every incentive to be super efficient with how they produce because it costs them money to, you know, every day. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so in, in aside was sort of related to that, they're all generally really good credit risk. Like you don't yeah. have like if you're if you're leasing out office space or, you know, apartment building, you know, you can run credit checks, but generally you never really know. And there's a there's a meaningful loss factor that you have to account for in the studio space, knock on wood. You just don't really see that. You generally don't see that. I mean, you're dealing with an, a Netflix or a Disney or a Warner Brothers right. or an Apple or Amazon. They're generally really good credit. Right. It's an appealing aspect of this industry. Like not only are they sort of aligned in their motivation to be efficient, get in, get out, but they pay, mm -hmm. which is good from a you know, business perspective. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the checks, yeah. the checks clear for sure. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this pause for monetization. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. And we're back with more on the soundstage business from Hudson Pacific's Jeff Stotland. Let me ask you, in the big picture, how has scale benefited? How has the scale of adding more properties and now, you know, the potential for Quixote? And forgive me, that deal is done. That is a done deal. So adding Quixote, how has scale helped you? Scale, I would say, is at the core of our strategy. 
And the reason is because ultimately, you know, we believe that having the assets in the right markets and the right services is really important to the studios. As those studios get bigger and their, their businesses become more complex and they're shooting in multiple geographies, um, multiple types of in content. multiple languages. In multiple I mean, languages. Local language is the thing. All of it, yeah, exactly. And and so that you can imagine is that, I mean, it's incredibly complicated, right? And so they're co-financing stuff, they have different partners, but what they really want is almost an easy button for some aspect of their business. And so the way, you know, we look at this, the way I really look at this is we're in the picks and shovels business. <laughs> we're in the business of providing picks and shovels for the studio folks to go produce their content and mine for gold, to come up with that next amazing piece of content. And so how can we make it easier for them to do that? Whether you're filming in, you know, geographically, wherever around the world, whatever services you need, how do we make it as easy as possible so that, you know, you don't need to make 20 phone calls. You don't need to go figure out how to go, you know, put together all the picks and shovels to go produce this content. So scale is a way to do that, right? You can't, you can't make it easier unless you have those assets and you have that scale. Right. And so that's really a big part of the strategy and really fundamentally underscoring our acquisition of some of these companies. And being in all those markets. And being in all those markets. And you know, you, you, that, that really is it. And, and listen, it's not, you know, me talking about this is not revealing some secret sauce. I, I think a lot of people would agree that collecting those assets in those key markets, it's kind of obvious, right? it's just super hard to pull it off. <laughs> right. And that's in the, the secret sauce of what we do is our ability to invest in and operate real estate and operating companies. And what you'd find is that in the world, there's not a lot of people who have the, the ability to sort of speak and, and, and execute real estate and also speak and execute operating businesses. And that's really what this industry is. And that's really where the opportunity is to scale this hybrid business to ultimately simplify the lives of all the people producing content. So this this fundamental belief we have, and listen, there's gonna be dips and ups with content production and we can all debate about how much is gonna get produced. Right. Who knows, I, I couldn't tell you what's gonna happen next week, let alone next year, but <laughs> I will say this, we do have very strong conviction that the amount of volume is not really gonna go down ultimately over the next five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, the world needs more content. And we have conviction around that. Hopefully we're right. But so scaling and, and having these assets is a fundamental belief. And so if there is a dip one week or one month, I'm okay with that because we're not day trading. We're building a long-term vision and a business around, you know, making stuff easier and to do that you know, it's just executing a, a fairly, it, it's a simple strategy, but it's a difficult execution. If you want to come in and shoot something short form for two days, three days, do, do, you, do you have any facility that, allow, that would allow that? Is, and is that something that you're thinking about given that we're seeing TikTok and influencers like really create their own content and, and monetize it? Yeah, um, I wouldn't say it's a low budget model, I would say it's a short form model mm. where we do have um, product stages that could be leased out on a short term, like seven days, or, you know, and you see a lot of that with commercials, what we call short form content, sure. where sure. they need it for two, three days. Very different operating model, by the way, much more intensive. Their needs are much more extensive. So you see a lot of studios shying away from it 
because frankly, it's just hard to pull it off. Mm. And it's really easy to upset a customer because they come on, they, everything's gotta be aligned. They wanna produce their commercial. They wanna get in, they wanna get out. They're not paying less. They're just doing more in a much shorter period of time. So they gotta mobilize, they gotta be they super They need efficient. everything to they go right. They need everything to go right. Yeah. And so again, that's another sort of angle of this business that I think partly was the attractiveness of buying Coyote a big part of their business is in short form content. Mm, so they're really go. good at that model. And that was really attractive to us to get into that business. You could start it from scratch or we could purchase Coyote who really has built that muscle of how to, you know, how to, how to execute against short form content. But I don't look at it like necessarily charging less. I look at it as like, could we perfect the operating model around you know, that short form stuff, which in, you know, two, three day um, to do that. I think the short form stuff with like YouTube, we haven't yet seen a tremendous demand for that. I think we will. And, and what is to be determined is whether it's because the product doesn't exist because we just don't have the picks and shovels set up exactly for and what the they need. And the economic base for that content isn't there yet. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, but. I do think over time that will be there. I think that will be a tremendous opportunity for us. And I do think our experience in this business, vertically integrating into something like that is super interesting. And I think we'd be really well positioned to do that. So I, I think that there is something there. It's probably a little early for us to try to sort of figure that out right now. There's other more low hanging, um, early stage development stuff that we're probably interested in. But I, I do think that's a super interesting area, like long-term, very big opportunity. Jeff, you joined Hudson Pacific about 18 months ago from Disney. Mm -hmm. What was it about this opportunity that was compelling enough to have you leave Disney? You know, um, I would say a bunch of different things. I, 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 I felt like from a business perspective, you know, when you saw the proliferation of content, it wasn't hard to, you know, for anybody really to see that this was not a short-term dynamic. It was really a long-term trend that- The world has changed. The world the, has changed. The world changed. of pay television has definitely changed. Has changed. And I don't think we're going back. I, I felt like, you know, that was a long-term sort of opportunity. So I wasn't sort of betting on something that was this ephemeral one-year sort of thing. I felt like the business in general was not mom and pop, but it was many, many independent owners and it wasn't really yet institutionalized. Of the independent studio soundstage lots, as you're saying. Exactly. And a lot of the, even the production services business, it wasn't institutionalized. Nobody had figured out how to put it all together. And those who had tried, I felt put together a quilt. It wasn't a blanket. Mm. And I think a blanket is what's needed here. It's not just buying services Patch integrating works, but a woven thread it's right? a woven thread it's a it's a, it's a sensible bundled thing that really solves a, a problem you know for 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 the studio so i saw that as an opportunity frankly i think you know uh, uh victor coleman the ceo of hudson was a big reason because i saw in him somebody who's just very entrepreneurial and he saw this and you know, I felt like he was going to be like a really good endorser and supporter of going out and doing this. He's entrepreneurial. He's willing to take risk. And it, it, it requires that when um, Hudson brought on Blackstone, I think that gave us sort of the, the heft and the capital to go out and actually execute against a, a vision that really requires a lot of capital. 
So I kind of was thinking about all these different things and I felt like, you know, I could get back to more of my entrepreneurial roots and really build something uh, of scale. And it was kind of a unique opportunity. And so for all those reasons, I just got really excited about it. And I thought, it's time to really go for it. Thanks for listening. Be sure to leave us a review at Apple Podcasts. We love to hear from listeners. Please go to variety.com and sign up for the free Strictly Business newsletter. And don't forget to tune in next week for another episode of Strictly Business. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.